Shabbat Shalom 
Friday morning, Arab Shabbos Parshas Vayishlach, December 9th, 2022, the 15th of Kislev. Good morning, everybody. Nahum Siegel is off, then later maybe on. He could be back this morning. We hope he will. He's at baggage claim right now. Exciting update. My name is Mayor Ferding, and thank you for starting your Arab Shabbos with your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. <laughs>
Sapecho is the fate of all mankind. No one can avoid the bustle and the grind. Rushing to meetings, closing the deal. On the phone, on the road, buying, selling, spinning wheels. It's easy to lose balance, chasing money and success. But there's a special treasure with which we have been blessed. And as each day passes, joy fills the air. Waiting for the moment to stand up and declare. Baruch Hashem, it's Shabbos. Heilige Tayer Shabbos. In the candles glow, our Neshamos grow. Baruch Hashem, it's Shabbos. Baruch Hashem, it's Shabbos. Once the wine is poured, we become restored. Baruch Hashem, it's Shabbos. Sheishas Yomim Tavoid, for six days every week. We work hard and struggle just to make ends meet. But once out of seven, we all become kings who greet Shabbos Amalco by rising up to sing. As we learn and pray, tension melts away. Home from Shul, we strive with Malachim at our side. Baruch Hashem, it's I'm so stressed at work when I hear the boss, I jump. To shop or go to school, I'm always parking by a pump. But all of the worry goes down the drain. When my wife and children join me in singing the refrain. <laughs> Baruch Hashem, Shabbat Shabbat is the day we get to catch our breath. Making sure our lives have purpose With meaning and with depth Hashem loves us Knows just what we need So let these words be on the lips Of every single yid We 
the above We get to bond with those we love And there's one more plus Our parents spend more time with us
Shalom Malachem, Malachem, Hashorim, Malachem, Elyon, Mimelech, Malachem, Amilachim, Akodish Boruchu. Shalom Malachem, Malachem, Hashorim, Malachem, Elyon. Oh, 
JM in the AM. Erev Shabbos, Parshas Vayishlach. Good morning, everybody. Nachum is on his way, on his way from the airport to uh, to a microphone, and uh, hopefully will be joining us later this morning. My name is Mayor Fertig. I'm with you in the meantime. You'll have to settle for me for uh, an hour or so, an hour and a half, or maybe longer. We'll see. Anyway, welcome to a uh, JM the AM Friday, December 9th, 2022, 15th of Kislev, 5783. Candlelighting this afternoon, 408 in the New York, New Jersey area. Be sure to check out where it is where you are so that you bring in Shabbos at the appropriate time. Dafyomi for today, Nidarim Memhei. That's 45. Nidarim Memhei is the Dafyomi for today. Uh, Nahum is just back from Israel on the NSN Day of Giving, which he uh, hosted live from the Nefesh Benefesh headquarters in Jerusalem yesterday. You can continue the uh, you can continue the uh, the giving with fjunity.org, fjunity.org, that's the uh, fjbunity, excuse me, fjbunity.org, Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, which of course is the uh, charitable entity that uh, enables so many of the amazing projects of the Nachum Siegel Network, and uh, we hope that you will help support its work for Jews around the world, uh, which uh, we have uh, been Proud to uh, produce and bring to you on so many occasions over the last years. FJBUnity.org and continue the NSN Day of Giving. Harry Rothenberg coming up at 7.20. At 7.40, hopefully, the weekly update with Nahum and with Malcolm Honline. And at 8.15, Rabbi Yudin with a Torah portion of the week. All that and much more between now and 9 o'clock here at JM and the AM on the Nachum Siegel Network. Also coming up later today, 9 a.m. on the Nachum Siegel Network, Table for Two, hosted by Naomi Nachman. Naomi is joined by Naomi Ross to discuss her new book, The Giving Table. She'll fry so, uh, Na- Na- How many Naomis are on this show? <laughs> Naomi Nachman is joined by Naomi Ross to discuss her new book, The Giving Table. Then, Naomi number three... Naomi Elberg fries some new donut ideas, well, that's good, before Hanukkah, and Joy Wilson makes exciting fun desserts with chocolate. That's coming up at 9 o'clock on Table for Two. 10 o'clock, the Erev Shabbos Show Encore, hosted by Mark Zamek and sponsored by our friends at Kedem. 1 p.m., the Erev Shabbat Music Mix, featuring great Jewish music, sponsored by our friends at Kedem and Harry Rothenberg's Torah Portion Vlog. And then after Shabbos, tomorrow night, Saturday Night Siegel, hosted by Avrami Finkelstein. And uh, he'll bring you great Jewish music. And Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler on the Torah portion of the week, 10 p.m. tomorrow night after Shabbos. This program encores. If you missed anything, if your notes are incomplete, you can tune in and uh, figure out what, uh, hopefully, what Nachum will have to say, assuming he gets back to a microphone in time and uh, in this portion of the show as well. And Sunday morning, of course, tune in for... J.M. Sunday with Matis Weingast beginning at 7 a.m. And uh, you don't want to miss that. Matis is well into the uh, 500s, thank God, in terms of the number of live shows that he's done on Sundays. That's more than a week of Sundays. J.M. in the A.M. 634 on this Erev Shabbos, Parshas Vayishlach. My name is Mayor Fertig. Nachum, as I said, is heading to a microphone and will hopefully take over this program sometime between now and 9 o'clock. In the meantime, let's continue. This is, uh, I know what we're going to continue with, the one and only Kol Achai. Shalom Aleichem Malachi Ashar et Malachi Elyon Mi Melech 
Turn away from the pain that pains us, we trust. This is the day of faith. This is the day he gave so that I can rest my case. I'm sitting in my resting place. A witness convincing the world he made that we must thank and give praise. I'm glad that you know no limits. It doesn't even matter where you are because we're keeping it together with love. No ending. Best of all days, Avi Krauss with the amazing Nisim Black here at JM and the AM. Before that, we heard Surmi Shalov from Schwabel, Sharf, and Levine, Shalom Aleichem from Kol Achai. And then looking back at the uh, previous half hour, Hakol Yoducha from Yisrael Barachov, Surmi Shalov from Mordechai Ben David, his Hold On album from long ago, Shalom Aleichem from Yitzi Spinner, his album You and I, Mordechai Shapiro had Ashes Chayel, Journeys 5 had Baruch Hashem, it's Shabbos. Uh, Shlemy Kaufman with Vayachulu from his album Vocally Yours. And we started off at 6 with Modaani from Regesh, as we do each and every Monday through Friday morning here at JM and the AM. Good morning, everybody. Nachum Siegel is 
racing to a microphone. Hopefully he'll join us sometime before the end of the show, hopefully well before. In fact, he might even make it in time for his 740 weekly update with Malcolm Honeline. That's what we're shooting for. So stay tuned for the exciting race to a microphone, and we'll let you know how it all turns out. In the meantime, you're stuck with me. My name is Mayor Ferdig. Thank you for starting your day with JM and the AM. Thank you for making that choice, that conscious decision, which uh, hopefully will pay dividends for you in terms of your preparation for Shabbos and your your mood all day long. I certainly hope so. It is uh, Erev Shabbos Parshas Vayishlach, candlelighting time 408 today, 408 uh, Dafyomi for today, Nidarim Memhei. Uh, Nahum's trip to Israel was about the NSN Day of Giving, which he broadcast live from the Nefesh Benefesh headquarters in Yerushalayim yesterday. You can continue that uh, project and continue the giving and uh, hopefully make our campaign a huge success by going to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and uh, make your contribution toward the Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, which under uh, which undergirds many of the projects of the Nachum Siegel Network and on behalf of uh, Judaism around the world and Jews around the world. 34 degrees right now. Feels like 27. It's chilly out there. We are expecting a high today of 44 degrees under sunny skies. For tonight in the New York, New Jersey area, clear skies, low just 28. So uh, we're starting to get down there. Of course, it is December 9th, so that makes sense. For Shabbos... Sunny skies with a few afternoon clouds, 43 degrees, the expected high in uh, in the Teaneck area anyway. For Shabbos night, cloudy, low 33. Sunday, cloudy skies with periods of rain later in the day. Oh, no, snow may mix in. For all those people out there who still haven't taken down their sukkah, that's not good news. High <laughs> 41 on Sunday. And uh, in Yerushalayim, Right now, sunny and 66 degrees. My uh, brother and sister-in-law just sent me some beautiful uh, video from uh, from Ben Yehuda Street, the Arab Shabbos activity there. Kids uh, doing uh, kids doing uh, little dances and stuff and uh, um, performances to raise money and so forth for different causes. And uh, I saw I saw a a picture of a familiar. I saw a video of a familiar. A duo playing chopsticks on a piano. So, uh, if you uh, if you witness that, uh, we can tell you who it is. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's nice in Yerushalayim today. It is uh, it is sunny and sixty six, and the weather for Yerushalayim for today expecting a high of sixty seven. Actually, probably must have hit that already. It's almost Shabbos, a couple of hours, and uh, for tonight, clear skies, low forty six in Yerushalayim for Shabbos. Sunny, high around 65. Sunday, mainly sunny skies and a high of 67. Again, 66 right now in Yerushalayim. 35 degrees, I think we said, here in the Teaneck area. 649 on a JM the AM Erev Shabbos, Parshas Vayishlach, December 9th. We're expecting to go to the news from Israel in Hebrew from Galit Zahal at uh, 7 o'clock. So about 11 minutes from now. Stay tuned. In the meantime, let's continue with... Let's see. Let's pick a good one. I know I had something that we planned to play. Yeah. This looks really good. You know what this is? Yom <laughs> 
Elokim ten lirakot matana Matana ktana achniflaa JM in the AM with Yaakov Shweki, Elokim Natan Lecha. And uh, before that, Yisim Chuba Malchuscha, Barry Weber, and Lev Voices, and Bitachon with Yom Zem Chubad. Before that, you're tuned to America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Heard and listen to sponsor digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com on the NachumSiegel Network and on the wonderful NSN app. Hearing Galei Tzahal in the background. Waiting for the news from Israel to begin. Nachum is uh, on his way to a microphone back from Israel in the uh, NSN Day of Giving live from Nefesh Benefesh headquarters in Jerusalem yesterday. You can continue giving at fjbunity.org. My name is Mayor Fertig. I thank you for starting our, your day with JM and the AM. It's Erev Shabbos, Parshas Vayishlach, Friday, December 9th, 2022, the 15th of Kislev, 5783. Candlelighting time in the New York, New Jersey area is 4.08 today, 4.08 and uh, here, uh, in about a moment, we'll bring you the news from Israel. Uh, daf Yomi today, Nidarim Memhei, Nidarim Daf 45. Harry Rothenberg coming up with his uh, Parsha vlog at 7.20. Nachum, uh, hopefully, with the weekly update with Nachum Honline at 7.40, or by Yudin with the Torah portion of the week at 8.15. We'll be with you until 9 o'clock here at JM in the AM, as we are each and every Monday through Friday morning. And the uh, the programming continues all day long until Shabbos on the Nachum Siegel Network. Naomi Nachman has table for two at nine. The Arab Shabbos on show encore at ten. Here is the news from Israel. We say Boker Tov from JM and the AM. גלצה על השעה שתיים, שלום רב, באולפן גיא נובוטני עם מה שקורה עכשיו. הקטל בדרכים, נקבע מותה של האישה בת החמישים שנפצעה מוקדם יותר היום אנוש, בתאונה בין שלושה כלי רכב בכביש 44 סמוך לחרמי יוסף. בתאונה נפצעו עוד שלושה בני אדם, אישה בת 61 במצב קשה, ושני גברים בני 64 ו-30 במצב בינוני. הפצועים פונו לבתי החולים שמיר, אסף הרופא, שיבא תל השומר וקפלן. מוקדם יותר היום נהרג רוכב אופניים חשמליים כבן 60, לאחר שנפגע מאוטובוס במזכרת בתיה. ידיעה שמסרה כתבתנו לענייני משטרה, הדס שטייף. 
הרמטכ"ל המיועד, האלוף הרסי הלוי, קיים השבוע ביקור למידה קצר בין ארבעה ימים בארצות הברית. האלוף הלוי פגש במהלך ביקורו גורמים במערכת הביטחון ובצבא של ארצות הברית, בין היתר את תת שר ההגנה, דוקטור קולין קהל. השניים דנו באתגרים שמציבה איראן במזרח התיכון ובצעדים להגברת שיתוף הפעולה בין הצבאות. כתבנו לענייני צבא וביטחון, דורון קדוש מוסר, שהביקור ברקע התרגילים והביקורים הרבים בחודשים האחרונים בין צה"ל לארצות הברית. טקס ההשכבה למוזיקאי יצחק קלפטר שהלך אמש לעולמו התקיים ביום ראשון בתיאטרון הלאומי הבימה. ארונו של קלפטר יוצב תחילה במתחם התיאטרון כאשר קרובי משפחתו יוזמנו לחלוק לו כבוד אחרון ולאחר מכן יחל הטקס אליו מוזמן הציבור. בין הנואמים ראש עיריית תל אביב יפו רון חולדאי, שר הביטחון בני גנץ ומנכ"ל תיאטרון הבימה נועם סמל. בתום הטקס יחל מסע ההלוויה בבית העלמין האזרחי בראשון לציון. ידיעה שמסר ראש טסקה תרבות אליפות ישראל בטניס, שביט קמחי היא אלופת ישראל לנשים אחרי שניצחה את מיקה דגן פרוכטמן בשלוש מערכות. קמחי, המדורגת ראשונה בטורניר ובמקום ה-549 בעולם, הפסידה 6-3 במערכה הראשונה, אך ניצחה 6-0 ו-6-2 וזכתה בתואר לראשונה בקריירה. כתב חדשות הספורט יהונתן גריל מוסיף כי לפני זמן קצר יצא לדרך גם גמר הגברים, בו עידן לשם, המדורג הבכיר שמחפש זכייה ראשונה בתואר, פוגש את רועי גינת בהופעתו הראשונה בגמר. האליפות. מזג האוויר לסוף השבוע, מעולן חלקית עד בהיר, הטמפרטורות תהיינה רגילות לעונה וללא שינוי ניכר, מחר תהיה עלייה קלה בטמפרטורות. ואלה זמני כניסת השבת, פרשת וישלח, בירושלים בחמש דקות לפני ארבע, בתל אביב בארבע ושש עשרה דקות, בחיפה בארבע וארבע דקות, ובבאר שבע תיכנס השבת בארבע ושמונה עשרה דקות. ואלה זמני צאת השבת מחר, בירושלים בחמש ורבע, בתל אביב בחמש ושש עשרה דקות, בחיפה בחמש וארבע עשרה דקות, ובבאר שבע תצא השבת מחר בחמש ושמונה עשרה דקות. לכל מאזיננו שבת שלום, אלה החדשות. שבת מנוחה, 
This portion of NSN programming is brought to you by A&H, Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dogs, Sausages and Deli, the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at kosher at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today.
J.M. in the A.M. Good morning, everybody. That was Ben Kodesh Lechol, a new release from Amir Dadon with Shuli Rand. Before that, Bishamru from Aish from A.B. Rottenberg. Akol Yaducha from the Diaspora Yeshiva Band and Shabbat Shalom from the Diaspora Yeshiva Band, two in a row. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't make a final choice as to which one I should play, so I just played them both. I, I hope you don't mind. Yosef Karduner before that with Yom Zeli Yisrael. And before that, the news from Israel from Galei Tzal. 7.20 on this Erev Shabbos Parshas Vayishlach, December 9th, 2022, the 15th of Kislev. Nine days until Hanukkah, everybody. Candlelighting time this afternoon, 4.08. Nachum Siegel making his way to a microphone. He has flown from Israel, gotten off the plane, gotten his luggage, presumably found ground transportation, and now making his way to a microphone to bring you morning uh, to bring you the weekly update with Malcolm Honline. Hopefully at seven forty, we'll see if that works out. Give or take a couple of minutes. In the meantime, my name is Mayor Fertig. I thank you for starting your day with JM and the AM. At uh, eight fifteen, we have Rabbi Yudin coming up with the Torah portion of the week. We'll be here with you one way or the other. Nachum probably until nine o'clock, and then at nine o'clock, stay tuned because uh, Naomi Nachman. And two other Naomi's have table for two. I guess in this case, maybe it should be table for three or even four. Um, Naomi Nachman is joined by Naomi Ross to discuss her new book, The Giving Table. Then here's where Naomi three comes in. Naomi Elberg fries some new donut ideas. And then Joy Wilson, her name is not Naomi, we don't believe. Joy Wilson makes exciting, fun desserts with chocolate. That's on table for two or three or four with Naomi Nachman at 9 o'clock. At 10 o'clock, the Arab Shabbos Show Encore, hosted by Mark Zomik, featuring great Jewish music, sponsored by our friends at Kedem. 1 o'clock, the Arab Shabbat Music Mix, featuring great Jewish music, sponsored by our friends at Kedem, including Harry Rothenberg's Torah Portion Vlog, which is also coming up here momentarily here on JM and the AM. After Shabbos, the programming continues on NSN. Avrami Finkelstein will bring you Saturday Night Siegel with great Jewish music and are by Eliezer Zwickler in the Torah portion of the week. 10 p.m. this program encores on Motzei Shabbat. 7 o'clock Sunday morning, Matis Weingast has JM Sunday. And then, of course, Monday morning at 6 o'clock, Nachum returns with the Monday morning edition of JM in the AM. So we'll continue here with our friend Harry Rothenberg and his thoughts on the Torah portion of the week. This week we read one of the most upsetting episodes in the entire Torah. Dina, Yaakov's daughter, is abducted and violated by Shechem, the prince. And then Shechem and his father, Hamor, outrageously approach Yaakov to ask for her hand in marriage and offer to intermarry with the Jewish people. Yaakov defers to his sons. And Shimon and Lee, the answer, they say, how can we intermarry with you? You're not circumcised. To which they respond, okay, done, we'll all get circumcised. And they do. And on the third day, when they're at their weakest, Shimon and Levi show up in a city with their swords in hand, and they kill every single male in the city. 
They take the women and children captives and they plunder all of their possessions and bring them back home. At which point in time, Yaakov goes crazy saying, what did you do? It's an outrage. You've made me an object of scorn in the eyes of these surrounding nations and we're few in number. They'll mass against us, they'll kill us. The brothers could have answered him, Dad, with all due respect, you knew it was a trick. You knew we weren't going to intermarry with them after they were circumcised. Why didn't you object back then? So one commentator answers, no, he didn't know. Yaakov knew it was a trick, but he thought when they're at their weakest, Shimon and Levi will go in and they'll rescue their sister. Maybe one or two or 10 people will defend and they'll have to kill them in self-defense. But he did not in his wildest imaginings think they're gonna kill all the men and plunder the city. Now put aside the question of why they were allowed to kill the men. The commentators deal with that at length. They were allowed, they were supposed to. It's a topic for a different talk. But that's why they don't answer, Dad, you knew, because he didn't know. But now look at what they do respond. Dad, should we allow them to treat our sister like a harlot? Now what new information are they giving him? Yaakov knew how their sister, his daughter, was treated. They didn't say, Dad, you don't understand. Our plan wasn't to kill everybody, but they all resisted. We had no choice. They just tell him the facts that he already knows. And so one commentator explains this is what they're saying to him. Dad, you're right. We could have gone in and rescued her, and maybe we wouldn't have had to kill anybody. And you know what would have happened? This would have happened again. A different non-Jewish nation would have kidnapped and violated the Jewish girl, our sister, our daughter. And so we wanted to send a message. You touch one of our women, we will show up in your city with our swords, and we will kill every man Take the women and children captives and plunder the entire city. Don't even think about it. So that's why we went in and did that, to send that message. And Yaakov doesn't respond. It seems like he accepts that answer. Because sometimes you have to take a stand. And it's a very timely lesson for right now, when the Jewish people are under attack, as always, but from all corners, from the left, from the right, from the sports world, from the entertainment world, in the halls of Congress, in the UN, as always. We've got to stand up. I'm not suggesting that we go out and kill anybody or pillage or plunder. But whatever our platforms are, whatever our resources are, we have to aggressively respond. We have to send the message. We are not going to sit back quietly and let you walk over us, demean us, humiliate us, take advantage of us, violate us. We're going to fight back. Yeah. <laughs> 
Ja, a kongu wonowiony chuwój, a wrochom nią gej, nic chokiera nej. Ja, a kongu wonowiony chuwój, a wrochom nią gej, nic chokiera nej. Ja, a kongu wonowiony chuwój, a wrochom nią gej, nic chokiera nej. Ja, a kongu wonowiony chuwój, oj menucha zawo, oj nedowo, menucha semes wejemuno. Oh, 
Friday morning era of Shabbos. That's the Solomon Brothers, who I am told have a big role in the Unite to Heal Amudim event coming up on uh, Sunday and Monday, which we'll talk more about a little later on. Well, Mayor Fertig uh, apparently has been <laughs> promoting my race to the microphone, or as we say in radio, the amazing race. And I guess this is considered a victory. In fact, we could ask Mayor Fertig directly if this is considered a victory being at the mic at 7.35 on a Friday morning. Mayor Ferdig, a pleasure to welcome you back after just a couple of minutes to JM in the AM. 
<laughs> Hello, Nahum. Well, a couple. Yes, it definitely is. It's definitely considered a victory. I appreciate it, and I can't thank you enough for starting things off. One of those situations that we've had so many times over the last four decades, where someone, primarily me, uh, is uh, trying to get back from the airport and um, and uh, conduct as much of the radio show as possible. So I can't thank you enough for sitting in this week and then for sitting in this morning, and you and Matis, of course, splitting up the duties for this week. And I'm going to thank you as well for keeping the amazing and incredible news under your hat for a few extra minutes so that I can announce and share with you on the air uh, that, um, uh, that Yosef and Lizzie uh, our Yosef, meaning Stacy and Alchem Siegel's Yosef, and uh, and Miriam L. and Stephen Wallach's Lizzie are now both parents of a brand new baby girl who was born just before midnight last night. In fact, I was on the plane and actually, thank God, had Wi-Fi and was able to hear the news live and in person uh, as was happening. So a mazal tov to Yosef and Lizzie. We've got a brand new granddaughter. Uh, the Wallachs have their first grandchild. And uh, we are all celebrating uh, an amazing mazel tov here with everybody at JM and the AM. So, Mayor, I thank you for keeping that under your hat so that you and I together could share the news on the air. You are very welcome. Mazal tov to you and to Stacy and to uh, and to Stephen and to and to Miriam. That is, and of course, to Lizzie and Yosef. Wow, <laughs> pretty amazing. And I'll tell you, these days, you know, everyone always talks about, oh, I was in the air and I landed and I heard the news. Well. I'll, yes. be, I'll, I'll be able to tell this kid that I heard the news as it was happening because, thank goodness, the plane had Wi-Fi on it. I don't know. I, I'm not going to spend all this precious time now talking about the incredible technology of today. But, hey, one, yeah. of, one of the reasons you and I could do this is because of the incredible technology of today. That's for sure. That, that, you're right. So a big thank you. And I have to, um, I have to uh, acknowledge, and uh, I know you heard and uh, – and uh, I was able to thank you and so many other great friends and staff members on Wednesday night. We had an incredible event when the Torah of Unity was from the Nahum Siegel Network was donated in memory of Barry Lieben to Nefesh Benefesh. That was great. And we had a wonderful time yesterday on the air as we uh, kicked off our day of giving. By the way, our, our, I should say our year-end campaign, which kicked off with the Thursday of giving. By the way, Mayor, I don't know if you had an opportunity. You know how you strike radio gold like once every, I don't know, five, ten years? You know, something happened. Oh, oh I sure do, oh, you and don't... I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you, so, have you mentioned this to anybody? Has it been Because apparently off the air, it's been a big conversation with people all around the world already. I, I actually posted it on Facebook as the last 10 minutes of your show yesterday, and it was I called it Radio Gold. <laughs> so we think alike, I'll tell you. Uh, I made that, that kid, that oh, kid man. is something else. To say the least. So my interview with Moshe Pilachowski, which happened in Israel at the uh, Nefesh Benefesh Aliyah Center, uh, if you missed the last 10 minutes of yesterday's show, as Mayor Fertig is obviously suggesting and has already suggested on Facebook, make sure to listen in because it was radio gold. And uh, once every few years, you come, you just have a feeling that uh -huh. you're going to put somebody on the air who's, gonna, who's going to, you know, just grab the audience, so to speak. And this kid certainly grabbed our audience. But you know what? You know what the funniest part was, aside from every one of these kids sharp as a knife, one-liners. Yeah, was when you, at, in wrapping up, predicted that in the future you and he will discuss this, <laughs> and he will say, "Did I really say that on the radio?" You know, Mayor, that about ten years from now, <laughs> yes, somebody you're probably included in the group is going to be schmoozing about that conversation, and a lot of what went on is going to be considered hard to believe that it actually was said and on the air. And once this adorable kid grows a filter, 
<laughs> he will realize. <laughs> he will realize so that at that funny. age, he didn't have much of a filter. <laughs> right. It was so funny. It was really great. Uh, Mayor, I thank you. Thank you to Mazel Tov wishes. Thanks to, uh, thank you to you and Matis and Avrami for being so uh, much a part of this week behind the scenes and in front of the scenes with all the subbing, etc. And we should continue to share smachot. Mazel Tov to the Wallach and Siegel families on, the, on our brand new granddaughter. Mazel Tov, Mazel Amen. Tov. Amen. Take care, Nachum. Have a great Shabbos. Thank you so much, Mayor. There he is, Mayor Fertig. It's good to have good friends. It's also great to have good friends who are great at what they do. And in our case, we're surrounded by people who are so amazing on the air and are so loyal to the mission that we have here. So I thank Mayor Fertig. Like I thank all of our incredible staff members. Uh, we'll get to our weekly update, I hope. Yeah, I think we'll get to the weekly update and more coming up here at JM in the AM. Mazal Tov again. Uh, Yosef and Lizzie are proud parents of a, a brand new a brand new baby girl born while I was up in the air just before midnight. So I guess officially on December 8th, right? Officially would be December 8th. On uh, officially, Erev Shabbos Parshas Vayishlach. By the way, candlelighting time, I'm announcing 4.08. 4.08 in the New York area. Make sure you know when things start where you are. 4.08, candlelighting time in the New York area. More coming up at JM in the AM.
JM and the AM. We're going to get to our weekly update in a minute. Always interesting, the weekly update, when um, there's an Israel connection, when Malcolm's in Israel or just comes back from Israel. It's always uh, an interesting conversation. And when I'm there, I get to share with him some of the lessons that I learned, which we'll talk about in a moment. Mazal tov again to the Wallach and Siegel families. Brand new baby girl for uh, Lizzie and Yosef late last night while I was in the air. Thank God for Wi-Fi up, on, up in the air. <laughs> Found that just uh, about 10 minutes before midnight. Oh, I think officially I was told afterwards was 11.42. 11.42 last night. Brand new baby girl. Mazal tov to Miriam and uh, Stephen. And of course uh, to Stacy to the extended uh, to, to my, my mother-in-law who now again is a great grandmother of a brand new baby girl how amazing is that a great grandmother so when you see mrs gail weintraub on the street make sure to wish her a very special mazel tov great to have a simcha like this especially in light of some of the things that have been going on recently with the family although we have had a lot of simcha baruch hashem uh anyway so to the extended uh siegel wallach weintraub families we say mazel tov from all of us here at jm in the am and uh, we'll continue, Bezrat Hashem, Bezrat Hashem, to continue to uh, share good news. Please, God, please, God. Also, as you know, we are in the midst of, now we're really in the midst, because yesterday in Israel, in Yerushalayim, which was so unique, so different, and ended up exactly the way I wanted, which I was so happy about. Uh, we're in the midst of our year-end campaign, which began with Giving Thursday yesterday in Jerusalem. And I just want to take this opportunity because... Um, because uh, there, there are a lot of generous people out there. I mean, the campaign has barely started, and we've had some massive contributions already, including an anonymous donation. I, I believe it's anonymous. I'll confirm that one way or the other. Oh, yeah, it's anonymous. An anonymous donation of $3,600 that just came through. And uh, that's a huge milestone to Stacey and Nahum and their recent newest granddaughter, born to Lizzie and Yosef. So thank you for that, and uh, to, to everybody who's on the list, as the list continues to grow, you know how these campaigns are. We're almost at 7% of our goal. As the list continues to grow, I thank you very, very much for all the uh, donations to keep us going. That's what we, We're on a mission here. We discussed this while we were in Israel. We're on a mission. Our mission has changed a drop uh, in one way or the other over the last 40 years, but it continues. It continues, and um, it's one that's filled with... Uh, a lot of important messages on a daily basis. Uh, remember our friends at jewishworldreview.com. If you want thousands of articles to print out before Shabbos uh, about Israel and the Jewish world, go to jewishworldreview.com. Again, jewishworldreview.com. Uh, there is a golden opportunity to, uh, to see and read so many news items and commentary about what's happening in Israel and the Jewish world. Malcolm Honline is executive vice, excuse me, Malcolm Honline is vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations with us Fridays for the weekly update here at JM and the AM. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM and the AM. Thank you. As always, Mazel Tov, first of all, to you and Stacey and the family, and uh, you should have a lot of nachos. I appreciate that. Health. And you and I always talk about Jewish continuity and transmitting to our children and grandchildren the important messages that you and I try to transmit to this audience on a regular basis. And as you always point out, once you're 
in the experience. Now I'm a veteran. Now I can talk like a veteran, a veteran <laughs> grandfather. Once you're in this thing, you even you realize even more just how important transmitting all those messages are to the future generation. So thank God. Uh, there should be a test to get into it. But a license. No, you get a license for a car, but to be a grandparent, you don't have to do it. I mean, it's not fair. Well, what can I tell you? I somehow fell into this, and I'm very glad I did. And we should continue to share smachot as we've had the opportunity to do. You know, I hate to tell you who the star, who the star or who the theme or what the theme of my trip to Israel was. Not that this is going to take you by surprise and not to bring the audience down, but it's a reality. And it's anti-Semitism. It's uh, those of us who are tourists and had a chance to meet in Israel, uh, including some great missions that were there. One Israel Fund, etc., who I met up with over there. Uh, and certainly residents of Israel, both relatives and friends of mine. The theme is what's happening now in the United States of America. And I, uh, I, you know, I, I, I know that uh, we have a unique position because we're basically based in the diaspora. Uh, so we could speak from experience of what's going on here and encourage people to remember that the future of the Jewish peoples in the state of Israel. Um, but I, I think this is now going to become a really, really important message not just for our audience, but for American jury. And um, th- when you were in Israel, did you get the feeling that your friends and relatives in the Holy Land were concerned about us back here in the USA? I, I speak to Israelis every day, and I hear it from them, and they are um, concerned. So those who say that uh, you know Israelis don't care about uh, what happens to American jury or European jury are way off. The level of concern from the prime minister and president to the people in the street uh, is is very common. I'm not saying everybody knows all the details, but they, they get a sense of it. And if you saw now, we saw this report from um, Los Angeles that a 74% increase and the vast majority of the uh, hate crimes are against Jews. It's not just New York. It's the whole country. The number of reports we get about the incidents um, you saw in Germany, the 3,000 police who carried out raids against this neo-Nazi type uh, group, including finding that one of those they arrested was in charge of security for one of the regions for the Jewish community in Germany, and that the um, a sitting judge was amongst the people they arrested. It's, it's really uh, quite amazing because there's no part of the world that isn't isn't touched by. It. So Iran made a video with kids in London singing "Less Than a Mile from a Shul," uh, a song in in Iranian um, against the Jews, and and it it uh, I mean people get outraged for the instant, but we don't think of this enough in a longer term sense. And thank God things are being done, and the Jewish community on this at least is generally uh, very uh, organized and um, and cooperative and the law enforcement officials are responsive there's no cure but there are a lot of things that can be done there's the shine a light campaign coming up there are many other things to uh, raise the profile but the real cause is, is when the leaders of different communities will start speaking up and when those who engage in it are truly isolated and pay a price for it that at least they go back under the rocks those who have a major audience, celebrities who have a major audience, and obviously we've spoken a lot about this in recent weeks, 
Uh, do you get the feeling at least, because you're in touch with, with leaders in all the areas you just discussed, do you get the feeling at least that there will now be somewhat more of a hesitancy or that what they did, these couple of celebrities who have these massive audiences, really the exception and that generally people are hesitant and more responsible, even if they have fame, to come out with statements like that? Maybe people are more conscious of it. For some, it will be it incentivizes them to speak up. They're really radical and extremist elements. Um, I think there's a lot of copycatting, and and you know there's a debate whether you know we give them oxygen when we criticize or when we attack, whether it's smarter or not. Uh, I don't think you can be quiet in the face of, of some of it. So for some, yes, it's a disincentive, and there are, and for some, it has become an occasion. Uh, especially in the last few days for leading blacks and others, uh, Christian leaders to speak out on the, on the issue. I think they, they didn't necessarily take it seriously. Nobody believed that Jews in America were under siege, no matter how much the statistics show that New York, you know, 60 or 70% of the attacks are against Jews. And it was always against those Jews, you know, the isolated section. Now they see that it's, it's everybody, and ultimately, it'll be them. Right. And nobody gets exempted from when this kind of cancer spreads. Um, Rabbi Fass obviously was on the air a lot because we broadcasted from the center, plus had the event uh, at, at Nefesh Benefesh. So we had a chance to speak to him this week. Um, He's he sort of, you know, you know what his altruistic mission is. It's obvious, and he's been very successful at it with the incredible organization of moving North American Jewry to Israel, and he he surmised that maybe this new atmosphere could taint the whole attitude toward Aliyah. In other words, from someone with his perspective, he's, he's sorry to see that the, that the fear element is going to uh, be a contributing factor uh, to those who are deciding to move to Israel. What do you think of it? Is your, is your attitude more like, you know, whatever it takes to get him there, let's get him there? Or do you see the, the sadness behind a tinge of fear uh, being a factor in someone's decision to move? So uh, I was involved in the founding of Nefesh Benefesh and was on the board for years. And so I'm a big believer in the higher level goal that people should go for a positive reason. That we should go back, not because of Tsaras and not because of terrible things. And we should go back uh, when we can still be uh, vertical and not horizontal. And uh, people should see it as a positive mission and fulfillment of positive mitzvah. And, and their own personal fulfillment. But at the same time, uh, I have to say that I think it, it is an incentive to people to reconsider and to think of, uh, you know, the uh, things they took for granted here yes. and worrying about their, not, so, not only for themselves, but what will life be for your grandchildren, right. even maybe your children, when we see the kind of attacks, the changes that are taking place in America. So... I, I don't dismiss it, but I still prefer the positive motivation. So at least according to the news items, Iran has disbanded the morality police. I guess that's a piece of good news. You'll tell us in a moment. But at the same time, they're still executing young people that are, uh, in their opinion, breaking the law when it comes to protests. Which Iran are we looking at these days? So it, I don't think it's true that they disbanded the morality police this was something the attorney general put out or somebody put out but they quickly walked it back and so right now we don't know for sure they did say they would consider changing the hijab rule uh and um i'm sure that they are they are containing 
the morality police, um, not to be as blatant. They were the ones who, who captured the woman that, and, and killed her uh, that started all of this. Right. But uh, the government now sees that this is something way beyond their control. And there were a number of executions. One was of four people accused of spying for the Mossad, four executed three long prison terms. And then you had the first execution directly attributable to a demonstrator. Um, there was, unfortunately, several Jews. There were several Jews who were arrested yesterday, uh, five that we know of. Uh, four were university students. Uh, I think one may have had a, um, a mini drone. Was that in Tehran or a different illegal. city? Uh, it's in Tehran. Uh, as far as we know, you know, they're not giving out the details and I've been in touch. Uh, I got the confirmation during the night last night that, uh, that in fact, uh, the arrest did take place, but they were uh, at or near a demonstration. And so they were caught up in whatever uh, went on. The, the leadership of the community has warned people not to go near them because it'll be very hard to do anything for them once, once they do. But the situation in, in Iran is um, is deteriorating constantly. They are clamping down now more. It was interesting to me that Secretary, former Secretary of State Clinton came out and said that we shouldn't do anything on the deal and that uh, um, sort of critical of the, the responses when, if you remember, she, like Colin Powell, when the last demonstrations took place, said we're not going to get involved in internal affairs or family feuds, as they called it. Right. Uh, so there is a, a new reckoning, and it is clear that the JCPOA right now is on a back burner. It is, has not disappeared, and I think people should be very careful about uh, the assumptions that we go on. There are still people who advocate it, although right now, obviously, they can't negotiate it. And the uh, uh, agenda, when they meet with the uh, Iranians, deals with human rights issues and, and all of the other things. Uh, we do not still clamp down enough on their oil export, which is what gives them uh, a lot of the money that they uh, still still have. Uh, internally, there is a lot of disruptions with cyber attacks, with other things going on. Um, there have not been open confrontations, armed confrontations, but they have used, the, the Iranians started to use live ammunition. We don't know the real death toll, it, it's certainly over 500 and perhaps 20,000 people arrested, including more than 1,000 youngsters, children, I think, under 14. Even Khamenei's niece came out and, and really blasted him, which was uh, wow. picked up and very interesting because you keep seeing higher level of, um, of protest and dissent within the IRGC, within the Supreme Leader's House. They're much more high-profile critics, uh, movie stars, athletes, others uh, joining, and the West just has to be there and be supportive. Uh, the administration came out with some good uh, positions, but the you know their activities, they're, they're building alliance with Russia, a growing alliance, they're building a drone plant, uh, drone plant in in Russia itself. But clearly, there are high-level meetings, and it's giving. Russia an outlet and uh, and Iran too, and China becomes part of it. They they joined the Shogun uh, Convention, the conference. Uh, so Iran is still looking for outlets. They're making money because they sell the Iranian oil and they sell the Russian oil. And if we would clamp down much more on that, that would take away some of their ability to continue to carry out these outrages against the. Uh, 
the people. One thing that, that people don't see is if, if you look at the region now, Iran is attacking positions in northern Iraq, targeting Kurdish groups. Turkey is striking in Syria and in Iraq. Azeri and, and Turkish armies are holding joint drills near the Iranian border because tension building up. You know, in this very critical area that the Iranians have been threatening uh, Azerbaijan, and of course, bring up the the relationship, but the, the relationship between Azerbaijan and Iran uh, is deteriorating. And remember, in Iran, you have 30 million Azeris, right? And that's why it's even relevant to what we're, the domestic situation, let alone the regional one. You know, one of the things that I mean, you know this. The protesters need to at least feel they're making some progress. That's, by the way, one of the reasons I thought the morality police story was a was a positive story. Now, you know, you're telling us that that's not really what happened, which I get. We, but, we don't know. Really. No, no. Yeah, I understand. I'm just saying that, you know, that I thought that would be a big boost for them. Because, as you know, these movements need these big boosts, right? The movements right. need. Absolutely. Are, are they feeling any of the positive momentum? Yes, 100%, because they see that, that the demonstrators, first of all, to sustain this for so many months. Yeah against all the overwhelming odds of the Iran Revolutionary Guard, of the Basij. <laughs> you know, there was something funny this week. There was the, or I think it was uh, the International Volunteers Day, and the Iranians suggested the Basij are the best example of the volunteers, and they should be honored because, you know, that they're driven by volunteerism and stuff, et cetera. It was established by Khomeini in 1980 to, um, to go after the U.S., uh, warships in the Persian Gulf and to do other terrible things and, and is morphed into this uh, domestic gangsters who carry out the terrible raids against the demonstrators and stuff. And and you see that, that they're more more hesitant sometimes to carry out attacks because they see the, the uh, uh, public reaction, but also because the demonstrators, through the, using the Internet, trace the pictures of Basij and then go after their parents and demonstrate outside the parents' homes. And you should see how fast these guys come back because they tell them, we're going to hold you to account for what your sons do. Yep. And uh, so, I mean, there's just so much going on. But now we saw Iran now has been behind the attacks on the German synagogue. Uh, we see the real nature, which we have warned about, knowing what they're doing online, how they are promoting anti-Semitism everywhere. Yep. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners, sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web, and NachumSegal.com, and the NachumSegal Network, and of course, in the beloved NSN app. If you're a fan of what we do, and if you enjoy these segments, remember we're in our year-end campaign, and whatever you can give is much appreciated. Just keep us going. We ask you this every single year. You always respond, and we're asking you to do so again. Go to fjbunity.org, fjb, for the Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, fjbunity.org. Org, and we thank you. What can you tell us about the uh, China-Saudi Arabia encounter this week? Well, it was uh, very high profile. He was given a, a real hero's welcome. Uh, this is something that probably was unthinkable not so long ago, but it is a play against the United States. It is a play for Saudi Arabia to be a world power and an international force. Is it a play at all against Israel, or they shouldn't take it that way? No, it's not a play against okay. Israel. Um, it's a play about uh, Saudi Arabia's, you know, independence or stature, or um, um, and it's very important because in the area of energy, you know, China I think is the biggest uh, customer worldwide, certainly, and in Saudi Arabia for uh, energy. 
they they're boasting their boosting their tech cooperation and uh you know it's key to the belt and road initiative which iran which china has established and the, the other gulf states which is not reported are, are the leaders are coming to to saudi arabia to meet with Xi. so it is a very significant thing it, may, it is a message to the administration and is um, and it should be of concern to people given the, the designs that china has the only reason why i think israel uh, why it could be a little bit of a snub to Israel is, is I, I thought that Israel is sort of the uh, um, the the leader when it comes to 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 political and military strategy in that region, or at least is looked that way at that way by many other countries in the region, and that uh, you know China sort of giving that moniker um, you know to Saudi Arabia is a little bit of a push on Israel. No, first of all, Israel and China have generally pretty good ties, and there's a lot of uh, tech exchanges, and a lot of the Israeli high-tech companies manufacture in China, and China has bought a number of Israeli companies, and there are uh, ongoing ties. Obviously, China's relationship with Iran and other things, and their, their general voting record, et cetera, uh, are of great concern uh, to Israel, but I think this the, the, what what happened with G's visit in Saudi Arabia is independent of uh, of Israel. Not something they can ignore. I'm just saying it's not related to Israel. Uh, what do you think of the latest U.S. Russia prisoner swap? Uh, well, I'm always happy when people get out of the prisons in in uh, Russia. I hope that uh, the freed person will uh, express that publicly. Uh, as a record of uh, uh, criticism of, of the United States, and I regret that others haven't uh, gotten out, and Whelan being one of them. Uh, I know there's a lot of criticism uh, of the uh, of the deal because uh, this arms dealer who was who was let go. Um, I, I hope that uh, we will see others freed also, in the, especially in Iran. You know, we still don't, don't have a word on uh, on Warren or others who who were being held in um, in Iran. So this is um, when it comes to being a prisoner in Russia, timing is everything, huh, Malcolm? You could say that <laughs> if you, if the right. I, there was a crime, even though it's not right. a crime here, but there was a crime committed. And, no, no, I get that. And they took advantage of it to, right. you know, and that's part of the problem is that the risk we have is that now they'll just seize on anybody that they have the slightest pretext or manufactured pretext to use to, as bargaining chips to get things that they want. Yeah. Why was it necessary for the president of Israel to extend the uh, deadline for Benjamin Netanyahu to form a government? Because otherwise we'd be heading to new elections. But I thought, and, uh, in, in but Israel. I thought we all agreed that that he has everything in place. That even if he waits till the very last minute, he'll still be able to form the government. It's the deadline is is the problem, and you know he he can't if if, if the deadline is looming, he, every one of the parties will have so much leverage over him as they do already, uh, have enough leverage on him, uh, and he still hasn't uh, given out any of the. Um, uh, parts that are going to the jobs that are going to the Likud members, you know, so he has a, a big job to do there. He just finished with, with Shas. He finished, uh, you know, he has to do party by party. And as you know, uh, Ben Gvir and Smotrich and these guys uh, held out and made very uh, great demands on him, some of which he succumbed to, some he didn't. And uh, I think the important thing is that he finally gets a government in place. Uh, this, 
you know, because it's just uh, going now, it's just continuing. And sometimes people argue that maybe they don't need a government, but obviously <laughs> they, they obviously they do. And with the all the international crises, other things are on hold. Unfortunately, the criticisms and coming from military, coming from others, other sectors, even from people here who I think would be wiser often to hold their comments. Uh, because even though people may say they want certain things, we know that in practicality that doesn't happen and that Netanyahu is certainly a pragmatist and uh, is not going to give into an extremist agenda, hopefully, and the, um, you know, we should let the process, the democratic process that is underway, you know, finish. And there are ways to communicate to, to the prime minister elect, uh, designate, uh, if people have uh, concerns without it being uh, fodder for the papers and the, you know, feeding the anti-Israel elements. By the way, is the 10-day extension a standard one? Because I know there were some people who were in, in Israeli government this week who were freaking out at the notion of him granting any extensions. I'm wondering if he compromised or if 10 days is the normal amount. No, it, it's usually, it can be 10 days or two weeks. But I think after the 30 days, then it's... it's um, up to the president, two week or ten days, but but it's what Netanyahu requested, right? And and uh, you know the extension is important because you know you can't you can't just form a government because once you make those commitments to a degree, you have to honor them. I'm not saying that they honor them completely, but at least you 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 have a framework that has to be upheld. So it's not insignificant what he negotiates with each of the parties, and especially when uh, these parties are making such demands. Everybody thought that because it was more of a unified outcome in terms of being a center-right government, that it would be easier for him. But in fact, this has been much more complicated negotiations, and somebody with one seat can, you know, demand a major portfolio uh, is is reflective of that complication. Are, are his legal troubles over, or they're on hold? No. They're on hold or not on hold? Right. No, they're not on hold. The cases were going on. So this is going to be... But most people dismiss it now. Most people don't think that there is any major... There's no smoking gun that we haven't seen yet. I mean, even the Israeli media doesn't bring it up anymore, and they're relentless. They're they're so upset that he's forming a government. I mean, listening to the media in Israel, they're they're furious, as if if it wasn't a a real democratic process that elected him. It's true. It's democratic if it's the outcome that they want. And, you know, the Israeli press is hypercritical. Even papers that didn't used to be have seemed to change their tone. That's why Israel Ayom is, is uh, popular. And um, I think that the uh, criticisms were not given when others needed the extensions. But the extensions really do reinforce the, the stability of the process. Because then if you, if you had a deadline of, of a week after the government is formed or announced, rather, the elections, then everybody would just be able to put every extreme demand and he would have to give it or he wouldn't have a government. Yep, understood. Uh, there's a piece in the Jerusalem Post that his return to prime ministership is timely for a push on Iran with who we have now in the White House. Is that even conceivable? I mean, can, can Netanyahu proceed with a big push on Iran and a lot of pressure on Iran without the cooperation of Washington? Israel can still maintain the activities, you know, the raids they did, the, the eliminations that have taken place of key scientists were not, you know, because of the American government. Right. But true. but you do see a shift in tone in, in some of the people in the United States. Certainly you don't see them pushing for the 
uh, JCPOA right now. They get it. There, there is more of an emphasis on human rights and on the um, nefarious activities, but they're they're still not the clampdown that we should be doing to cut off all the oxygen, meaning the funding that is going to them. And uh, the, I, I hope that the, these realities, some of which we, we just touched on, uh, uh, all of the things that are taking place, both internally and externally, they just announced a new nuclear plant that they're building. They're enriching and admitting to 60% uh, enrichment, and which means that they're in striking distance of the 90% and keep cutting down the time, uh, the uh, breakout time. Uh, you know, there was a report by Gantz that, that, that they documented 16 separate attacks on international vessels in the Gulf and the Red Sea over the last five years by Iran. Uh, including the latest attack against uh, an Israeli-owned ship. So, you know, I'm not. We should be engaging in an all-out effort to, and and not a war. We don't need a war. We need to be supporting the demonstrators. We should be helping them. We should be giving them moral support and financial support. They're not looking for weapons, and at the same time, be be cutting off their funding, uh, isolating because their activities still go on in the region and beyond. Last week we spoke about the UN with the Nakba Day vote. Now there's a UN vote regarding uh, Israeli nuclear capability. What's your reaction to that? That's an annual ritual. I was wondering they, if that was going. <laughs> if that was being done by rote. Because Nakba Day <laughs> but, is not right. Nakba Day is not something Nakba that's coming it, it got worse. We had a meeting with the Secretary General of the UN this week and made it clear that even his participation was inappropriate in a, in a gathering that wants to deny the member a member state the right to exist. And uh, the fact that you had an overwhelming vote, which really is an attack on on Israel's uh, very existence. Uh, so the United Nations has a one one way railroad when it comes to Israel. The the overwhelming preponderance, even as the American ambassador pointed out, of the anti-Israel resolutions, it doesn't stop. Was he uncomfortable? And they are pressing now, but now they're pressing about going to the International Criminal Court. And the Court of Justice against Israel, Al Jazeera brought a case against them right. for the death of that reporter. But the fact that you you get these votes in the UN and credit to those who voted against it, but the vote was still overwhelmingly against Israel. But you got to tell me, was he uncomfortable when you brought it up? I mean, like you know, how does yes. how does Secretary defensive? And what does he so, say? What does he say that it's not up to me, or it went up to well, a vote? On a lot of things, yes. Like the Commission of Inquiry said, you know, the Human Rights Council is independent, and that to a degree that it's true, but he does have a bully pulpit. He has the opportunity, and we cited some of the things in his remarks on uh, November 29th that were objectionable. Uh, and uh, But, you know, we, we've seen this process with secretaries general who often come in, you know, much more favorable, but get caught in the web of, of right. the UN. Uh, this is something, you know, his wife was uh, running the museum about Jewish history in, in Portugal, and uh, he himself demonstrated great sympathy when we met with him for years. But, you know, I always feel like it's the tentacles of the United Nations that gets hold of them and drags them down. Yep. Uh, in his case, some of the things that he took note of and, and said he had to look into and some of the stuff, he said, beyond his control. But there are things that are within his control. And I hope that each time at least we, we remind him and we're a counter voice to the preponderance of voices who are in the U.N. and pressing for an Israeli to be a deputy secretary or assistant secretary general, having that a voice there at least that would 
you know, be able to be a counter to the others. The good news is you get to be the leader of international politics, and the bad news is you get to be the leader of international politics. <laughs> That's basically what it comes down to. Uh, finally, what do you think? I mean, 51, 49, now can we say 50-50? What do you think of the Senator Cinema move uh, uh, to become an independent? The, the move by what? To become an, the senator to become an independent, as opposed to a, a Democrat. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, it's um, it's helpful. To, I, you know, people don't understand why the victory in Georgia by Warnock is so significant that the you know, when you when you have 50 50, you divide the committees when you have 51 50. Once you have a majority, you get a majority of the committees, the appointments to committees. So it's very significant that one vote shift. And Simmons, you know, has voted against the party uh, line. Uh, um, as did Manchin more in the past, it seems he's, he's moderated that. Um, so it's very significant when you bring it down back to the 50, 50, um, margin, uh, it still gives the Democrat the majority and Schumer obviously elected as, uh, the speaker, uh, uh, majority leader. So it is, uh, it is, it has political consequences, which can be an earthquake, but it's, um, in, in terms of the, the day-to-day functioning of the of the Senate, and that's why the House majority also, when it's so narrow, is is very hard because if you have a shift of a couple people, you can get things through. So I hope that the Republicans will at least be united behind McCarthy and will will function together. The Democrats seem to be more disciplined, more organized. Although you have these uh, dissensions, and when they go more radical, then they lose others. And with the atmosphere in this country, let's hope that at least the United States Congress stays as loyal to Israel as it's been. Absolutely. But the support for Israel, I think, is strong. We, we had a call with Hakeem Jeffries, who made a really impassioned plea on Israel. It was, was really quite remarkable on his level of knowledge, speaking without notes for a long time and talking about from Israel's founding and how the miracle of 75 years. Um, and, uh, you know, so there is still the support. And when you see the votes, basically, on Israel, when Ilan Omar comes out and, and attacks anti-Semitism, you know that something's uh, going awry. Something. And, <laughs> although she just came back from Qatar, maybe something happened there. She went with the Secretary of State to the took he took her to the to the games, which a lot of people didn't understand. Um, but the, what we saw, by the way, in Qatar, and I've spoken to people who were there, and I was invited but opted not to go. Uh, was disturbing about the people and the, the you know the government distributed Palestinian flags Ooh. in the hotels they were given away for free in the marketplaces they were selling the flags of every country for several dollars the Palestinian flag was ten cents and, and they were encouraging people some even gave them out in the stadium um, so that if you saw when the Moroccans won this remarkable victory unexpected they unfurled the Palestinian flag while they were on the field and that that was their victory pose. Uh, so the government of Qatar was certainly behind a lot of it. There were there were there are tens of thousands. I'm told Palestinian workers in Qatar, amongst the majority of the people there, who are are farm workers, uh, and uh, they obviously became an audience for this. But it was much more widespread, and reporters told us that nobody was assaulted, but there were people who who harassed them and who made nasty comments, and some who made very positive comments. Right. 
And now my kids will make fun of me because you know more about the World Cup than I do. I, I know very little. I watch. I, I don't even. Know, I don't even know. I don't even know who's still in it. I mean, I know the U.S. is it, but that's about all I know. Well, it's important. The U.S. beat Iran in the game. Right. That, that I remember. Yeah. But I, I feel very bad about the players because I think we should have offered them asylum. Because right. I'm afraid that they are going. You know, they, the one who came back and was wounded, I'm told, was arrested. And you know, because he didn't sing the first time the national anthem, and they got knocked out. I'm sure that uh, they're they're very concerned about going back. Maybe it'll make the American players think about how lucky they are to live where they live. That's probably true. Because sometimes U.S. soccer players uh, have a different attitude when it comes to uh, the leadership in this country and the atmosphere here. But that's a whole other topic. Uh, Malcolm, I thank you. Have a wonderful Shabbos. We'll speak again yeah, next week. Good Shabbos. Be well. And the, love the again. Thank you so much. Malcolm Honline, Vice Chairman, Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. A big thank you to him and everybody for wishing us a Mazel Tov. It's the Siegel and Wallach families that are celebrating. Uh, Lizzie and Yosef had a brand new baby girl as I was in the air uh, just before midnight last night. And, um, uh, of course, to uh, Miriam and Stephen Wallach and uh, to Stacy and our entire extended family, Mazal Tov. We are celebrating, and for good reason, uh, Lizzie and uh, Yosef, parents for the first time. Brand new baby girl, Mazal Tov, Mazal Tov. Unbelievable. We've announced a lot of simchas on the air. But now that I get the chance to announce grandchildren, it's unbelievable. Our friends at Lamdenu have their 8th annual Hanukkah breakfast this coming Sunday at 9.15 at Congregation Beth Aaron. That's happening in uh, Teaneck, New Jersey. Mazal tov to Ruth Krasner and Esti Malul, who are the honorees. Information, lamdenu.org slash breakfast2022. Again, lamdenu.org slash breakfast2022. It was great speaking with the dean of Lamdenu earlier in the week. I can't believe that was this week. Yeah, that was this week. So much has happened. It's amazing that it's this week. Um, also, I remind you that our friends at the uh, Young Israel Flatbush, Tamatoro Flatbush, or I should say, more accurately, Young Israel Tamatoro Flatbush, have their full lecture series. And tomorrow night, uh, Rabbi Aryeh Leibowitz on the topic of Rav Moshe and his halachic adversaries, Rav Soloveitchik and women's Torah study. Uh, that's all happening uh, with the uh, speaker, Rabbi Aryeh Leibowitz, tomorrow night at 8 p.m. at 1305 Coney Island Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. Phone number is 718-377-2528, 718-377-2528. Two five, two eight. We'll have a chance to speak to Rabbi Tzvi Gluck because the big, 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 and I mean big, uh, Unite to Heal event for Amudim starts on Sunday morning, goes through Monday, and we'll explain the whole thing coming up here at JM in the AM. And again, to everybody in Israel for making it such an incredible week for us. Thank you, thank you, especially our friends in Nefesh Benefesh, Rabbi Yigal Siegel and Avrami, and uh, to the incredible party planner, Mrs. Naimi. Uh, Mrs. Naima uh, Borowski, uh, who was just spectacular in her role, uh, and everybody who was our friends at Radio Coldplay, who provided the music for us, uh, the great engineer Moshe Daoudi, who was with us yesterday, just everybody for making it such an incredible week. To our chairman, Ralph Rosenbaum, who um, has chaired yet another successful event, in this case, our incredible uh, presence in Israel this week, and I thank him and his wife, B for their incredible dedication to our noble cause. This time each every Friday, every Arab Shabbos, with great pleasure we present Rabbi Benjamin Uden, spiritual leader emeritus, Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Uden. Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Vayishlach. Whoa. Parshas Vayishlach 
can be called as indeed Rav Salvechik Zechron Levracha referred to it as the parsha of confrontation and indeed the Medrash tells us that before the leaders of Klai Yisrael over the generations had to meet or had to make the decision of how to respond to crises with other nations, they would study well Parshas Vayishlach for inspiration. Parshas Vayishlach, according to the Chinuch, contains a positive mitzvah that is that is one mitzvah, a negative mitzvah. Thou shalt not eat the Git HaNosheh. As Yaakov was injured in his wrestling match, this is the third and last mitzvah in Book of Bereshis. First one being the mitzvah of Pru'uvu, to have children, procreation. Second mitzvah, that of Mila, circumcision. And now the prohibition of eating the Gid HaNosheh, the sinew of the thigh vein. Now, I'd like to, before we get into the specific Tvar Torah on Vayishlach, I just want to share with you the words of the Chinuch explaining why. Why is it that we don't eat the Gid Hanoshe? Now watch. As is his style, after presenting the mitzvah, he offers what he calls Mishorshe Mitzvazu, the root of this mitzvah. I'm going to read to you two paragraphs that are worth dancing for. At the root of this precept lies the purpose that Jewry should have a hint that even though they will endure great tribulations in the exiles at the hands of the nations and the descendants of Esav, they should remain assured that they will not perish, but their progeny and name will endure forever, and a Redeemer will come and deliver them from the oppressor's hand. Remembering this matter always through the mitzvah, which will serve as a reminder that they will stand firm in their faith and righteousness forever. Now, this serves as such a remez hint, because we find in our Midrashic tradition that the force who fought with Yaakov, our father, was the celestial prince or the guardian angel of Esau. He wanted to extirpate Yaakov from the world, to take him out of this world, both him and his progeny. However, unable to prevail against Yaakov, he pained him by touching his thigh. Thus, the descendants of Esau will inflict pain and suffering on the descendants of Yaakov. It's a nevua. But ultimately, they will be rescued from them. Even as we find regarding our father Yaakov, that the Torah teaches, Vayizrach lo Hashemesh, the son 
shown for him to heal him. And he was delivered from the pain. Here it is. So will the son of the Mashiach shine for us. He will heal us from our suffering and redeem us. Amen. Bimheira biameinu. Beautiful, encouraging, uplifting words from the Chinuch, explaining why we don't eat the Gid. Okay, I'd like to focus on a very interesting pasuk found in the parsha, whereby we're told that after Yaakov has his encounter with Esav and he gets his way out of having to go with Esav okay the Torah tells us that this is chapter 33 Yaakov came literally intact and the Rashi explains beautifully number one he was healed from his limb he was shalem bimamono in terms of his money, which means that though he gave such an extensive gift to Esav, he did not lose anything as a result of that gift. He was shalem bitoraso, intact in his Torah that he had studied at the yeshiva of Shem Aver, and the idea is he did not lose and forget his Torah that he had. So, Sholim b'mamono, Sholim b'gufo, Sholim b'toroso, and the Pasa continues. He comes to Shechem, Vayichan as Pneoir, and he encamped before the city. Now listen carefully, when was this? So Rashi tells us that it was on Erev Shabbos. It was Friday afternoon. And the Meshachachmon on this Pasuk quotes the Psikta of Beratius, chapter 11, that regarding Avraham Avinu, there is no hint in the Torah that he kept Shabbos. Yes, we're told based upon the Pasuk in Parshas Toldos that Avram Avinu kept the Torah before it was given but there is no specific mention of Shabbos. Avo Yaakov, however when the Torah tells us here Vayichan es ir bo shmira Shabbos and the Rabbis understand these words Vayichan es ir nichnas he came late in the afternoon. The sun was going down. The kovat chumim, and the first thing that he did was establish chum Shabbos, namely the uh, the city limits, how far you're able to go uh, beyond the city limits, what are the city limits. And he established what is known as Eruv Tchumen. Now this is a very interesting point. The rabbis teach us 
that going back to Avram, who kept the Torah before it was given, they say not only the biblical laws, but even, come on, the rabbinic laws, and they include Erev Tavshilin. And the Meshachachma says, do you know why the grandfather, Avram, fulfilled Erev Tavshilin? Because that is based upon the principle of three words, Shema Yavo Orchim. The guests will come. So I can cook on Friday afternoon for Shabbos, because there's always a chance that it will be eaten on Yom Tov, on Friday. Because Avraham's whole idea was to have that open home that Orchim could come at any and all times. Yaakov says the Meshachachma was just the opposite. He was Koveya Eruv Tchumim, which means to set boundaries. Yaakov was the one whose mitoso shlema, his bed, meaning his family, was all complete, intact. Unlike Avram who had a Yishmoel, unlike Yitzchok who had an Esau, Yaakov had, as the Torah says, Vayiyu B'nei Yisrael Shtemesrei, there were twelve, twelve tzaddikim. And I quote from the Meshachachma, Uvizar'o, and with his immediate descendants, Dai, Sheyiyu Mo'on Merkava They became the chariot for the divine presence, the Shekhinah in this world. And as Hashem promised him at the dream last week of the ladder, that Hashem Nitzav Olav, literally, God was standing above him to protect him. This is just what the role and function of Yaakov was. That unlike Avraham, who was Mr. Outreach par excellence, and he goes on to say the Meshachachma that even when Yaakov went down to Mitzrayim because of the famine, part of his reason for going down there was to influence and to constantly bring the concept of monotheism to more people in this world. Not so Yaakov Avinu, just the opposite. He was didn't try to influence his father-in-law, Lavan. He was even angry at Rachel, who stole the Trovim. That was not his function. And even when he goes down to Mitzrayim, when he has to later on, at the end of Bereshis and Parshas Vayigash, come on, he goes to Goshen, separate. That's his idea, that by focusing on his family, and by focusing on in-house, instead of outreach, in-reach, to make sure that they were strong, you can affect others by going out and preaching to them, and you can affect others by living your life, and by that way, influencing them just by the way you live, you become an or goyim, a light unto the nation. That's a very, very important point that the psikta is making regarding the character and the nature 
of Yaakov, and therefore we don't find by Yaakov, as the Ramban says on the Pasuk in Lech Lecha, Vayikra B'Shem Hashem, that Avram called out in the name of God. Avram did so, Yitzel does so. We don't find that Yaakov, that expression, nor the acting out of Vayikra B'Shem Hashem. I want to take this one step beyond, and that is in this parsha, we have that Yaakov is going to uh, go back to where he had that special dream, where he made that neder to Hashem, that I will make a base elokim. Before he goes, this is where Yaakov says to his family, chapter 35, Pasuk 2, an incredible Pasuk. He says to his family, Hosiru es Elohei Hanechar. Get rid of the foreign gods that are with you. Now, the Zapurno says on this spot immediately, could it be? Can anybody think that Yaakov's family had Avodah Zarah? No. He says, this is the various Avodah Zarah that they took from Shechem when Shimon and Levi wiped out all the mail from Shechem. So they had the various Avodah And, listen carefully, we'll learn a law regarding Avodah that if those non-Jews who worshipped it later on, quote, rejected it and realized that because they couldn't save them, these Avodah it's worthless. So the technical term is beetle. Just as you find that the concept of beetle barov, a little bit of meat, falls into a pot which has more than 60 times the amount of the a meat pot, more than 60 times the amount of milk. So the meat is mevatel. It nullifies the milk. Similarly here, by their rejecting the idolatry, they are mevatelit. So from the letter of the law, listen carefully, a Jew could get benefit thereof. But still, Yaakov wanted to make sure that there would be zero trace of any negative influence in the home of something that was and had on it some remnant of idolatry. So even that, Yaakov was saying, get rid of. Let's face it, my friends. Unfortunately, in this month especially, we and our children, and they see it all over, the songs are in the air, the glitter, the lights, it's so striking to them that they need to be told something very, very interesting. That by us, when we celebrate, it is Ne'er Ish Ubeso. The focus is on the home. The focus is on the family. The focus is strengthening that which we have and that which we believe in, a very special Mesora, as opposed to them, whereby the focus is only on the glitter on the outside. Unlike Avraham, who called his relationship with Hashem the Har, because after all, that's where the Akedo was, at the Har. Unlike Yitzchak, who called it a Sadeh, the field, where Yitzchak went to Davin, as the Torah says, Losuach Basadeh, the Torah tells us last week 
in Parshas Vayetze that Yaakov calls it bias, right? The Torah says that Vayikra Eshem HaMokomahu Beis Keo Beis Eo What does that mean? That this is, he's establishing a home. A home has walls. A home protects. It protects the home from the outside environment. And that, especially now, is our responsibility to be mechazek, our home, to make sure that the right influence comes in and the wrong influence stays out. Shabbat Shalom to all. J.M. the A.M. My thanks, of course, to Rabbi Yudin. Brilliant as usual. <clears throat> Not that he needs my endorsement. Uh, good to be back, and my thanks again to uh, Mayor Furtig for sitting in for the early part of the show this morning. As uh, so we landed from Israel, and, and we land and uh, immediately are involved in one of the most amazing annual events. Uh, now when December rolls around, everyone in our community worldwide knows that Amudim and uh, the team at Charity Bids, led by Yummy Schachter, and uh, all of us who are involved will be presenting an incredible array, hours and hours and hours of incredible information, entertainment, and inspiration. And at the same time, reminding everybody why it's so important to support the great work of Amudim. The leader of Amudim, of course, is Rabbi Tzvi Gluck, who is with us live via telephone. A pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Shalom Aleichem. Welcome. I wouldn't say home, because it's a Israel's home, but welcome back to the United States. And before we begin, let me at least wish you a, a tremendous Mazel Tov. Thank you so to, much. To you and your Mechateinister on this uh, amazing occasion. We should continue to share in Simchas with everything we do. Thank you so much, Amain, and thank God we have had an opportunity to share many smachot. There's no feeling like being up in the air and being informed. Thank God for Wi-Fi. <laughs> you have a brand new granddaughter, so Baruch Hashem, and we appreciate that very much. Well, Rabbi Tzvi Gluck, it is no secret, as I just said a moment ago, when December rolls around now, the Jewish world knows that it's going to be enthralled with incredible entertainment, incredible information, incredible inspiration in a 36-hour live stream benefit uh, that is known as Unite to Heal. In fact, all the information everybody is at, unitetoheal.com. Go to unitetoheal.com. And I was in Israel, and people are talking about this. So I imagine that all around the world, folks are uh, anticipating what's going to be happening two days and 18 minutes from now when things kick off on Sunday morning. I'll have the privilege of helping with the kickoff on Sunday morning, everybody. And then, of course, Monday night, the major push at the end when we're going to be asking everybody to make sure if they've enjoyed any of our programming from Unite to Heal, uh, that they go ahead and uh, give as generously as possible and support the great work of Amudim. Why don't we start with the the um, the uh, presentation piece, and then we'll get to why it's so important to support Amudim, Rabbi Gluck. Do you recall the early days a couple of years back uh, when uh, you and Yami Shachter decided to go in this direction and provide a vast amount of uh, of live stream material for the world Jewish community and to present it in this form? So I, I gotta be honest, you know, the first time that we discussed it, because you know, as you remember. Our minimum before was we had a few hours of a live thing surrounding our annual event. Right. But this was smack in the middle of COVID was the first, you know, the first time. And we said, we need to do something. But we all realized that it's not just about the fundraising, but people are still in their homes. 
we got to do something to help bring a little bit of smile and, and enjoyment to people. And at the same time, we wanted to find a way to bring critical information to people. Information about quarantine, information about safety, information about, you know, COVID-related anxiety. And Yami Shachter came up with this idea. I, I'm going to be honest. Everybody says, I'm crazy. I thought he was crazy. Maybe we're both crazy. <laughs> but um, he says, you know what? Why don't we do it all? And I'm like, no, no, no. Either we're going to do a mental health-based, you know, show, or we're going to do He goes, no, no, no. We'll do it all. We'll have different things, or as we say, different strokes for different folks. <laughs> and I said to him, and this was, by the way, mind you, I think about five weeks or four weeks before the scheduled date. You know, let's not forget that part. Right. And <laughs> that first year, it was, it, was, it was incredible. We had between the mental health segments, the musical segments, the songs, the entertainment. And I've got to tell you, we had close to like 600,000 views that first year. Right. Um, and, and, and I will also tell you, on the just to skip for a second, but the amount of people that came to help afterwards was also incredible because it means that this helped bring awareness. Yep. So that was the first year and we raised, you know, Baruch Hashem, the money that we needed to and we all had a great time doing it. Comes the next year. Yami says, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And uh, this time we started maybe six weeks before, you know, um, maybe seven but again, it was also the same concept. I mean, we had that song from Ellie Schwabel last year. That, remarkable. I mean, just it, remarkable, that song. It's, I still listen to it for inspiration on a regular basis. Yep. And, and, and I have to say that there's a real thank you to like the people involved, you know, whether it's the producers, the, the singers, the participants, because Baruch Hashem, I'm really not involved. I, you know, my, my son this morning, Tells me, oh, so and so, uh, Kunstler is part of the uh, Unite the Heal on one of the. I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm, I should know. I'll, I'll know on Sunday, but right now, I know that I need to try to raise money. So, but it's so, it's done so professionally and, and, and so well. And the truth is, you know, it's extremely beneficial on, on multiple levels. It's much more cost effective than a dinner. Um, and it's, it's, it's also content for life. You know, last year, we had just around a million views live during the 36 hours and 1.4 million views throughout the year. That means people came back to watch different segments, different videos, different content. So it's, it's so beautiful how it's content for life. And there's something for everybody. I oh, mean, did, no you go, did you go through the lineup? I, I was just going to say, those of you out there, UniteToHeal.com, UniteToHeal.com, make sure to scroll down because you'll see the basic information at the top. It starts two days from now on Sunday morning, and we're looking forward to it. Then it goes into some of the donors that have already participated because, hey, people want to jump aboard early and be among the first donors to this campaign for Amudin. But then if you keep scrolling, you will see what's being offered. We have an amazing Holy Squares segment, the game show, right after we finish our live presentation at 10 a.m. Sunday. A Chinuch update with incredible personalities at 11 a.m. at 
12 noon, you have a chance to talk sports and mental health with Tamir Goodman and the great Nick Eddie Curry. Holy and Square's second game show is at 8 o'clock Sunday night. 1 o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday. Three blondes walk into a business with three of the women in our community who are well-known on social media. Behind the Bema highlights at 2 p.m. on Sunday. 3 p.m. with Hillel Fold. 4 o'clock with some of the pillars of Chesed. At 6 o'clock, I had the opportunity to sit down. It was such an amazing schuss for me uh, to sit down with Harav Herschel Schechter Schlita. And uh, a segment called A Layman and a Lamden Sit Down to Schmooze was created. All of this plus so much more is going to be presented on Sunday and Monday. Elon Gold is involved. Um, uh, uh, Jonathan Pollard is involved and speaks about his mission. Uh, the Walder scandal with Rabbi Yaakov Horowitz and Morty Getz being featured. They speak about one of the uh, most important, it may be infamous, but still one of the most important episodes in, uh, in, in recent uh, modern Jewish history as we raise our children. So all of this is going to be happening all day long. Make sure to scroll down at unitetoheal.com to see what's being offered. There's going to be multiple things that you're going to want to make sure to be part of on Sunday. Now, Rabbi Tzvi Gluck, now the most important thing. When we wrap up Monday night, we want to be at our goal. We want everybody around the world to support the work of Amudim. Maybe there's someone listening who doesn't know what Amudim does. Could you tell us why it's so important to support the year-round 24-7 effort of Amudim? So, I mean, the answer is support it because that's what we need to save lives. And that's really what we do. You know, when you see some of the, some of the things that have been done, you see some of the videos of the staff speaking, of, of, of people that we've assisted, of the community leaders, you know, what started out, you know, literally nine years ago as a dream and vision of destigmatizing issues of sexual abuse, mental illness, and addiction within the community has turned into, you know, a global operation that has served over 14,000 individuals in crisis, uh, you know, with offices in the United States and in Israel, with people being helped all around the world. And, and really, what, 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 what is Amudim, right? So everybody always keeps saying, well, is it this? I want to make a couple of things clear. Amudim is the glue. We're the quarterback. Our case managers are all mental health professionals. They're all clinicians, therapists, social workers. And their job is to take a person in crisis and their family, and their loved ones. It's not just about the single person. It's about the entire circle and support network and make sure that they're getting the proper treatment, the proper care, the proper therapy, the proper you know, educational components of how to live with a family member that has certain you know, issues, whether it's addiction, whether it's someone who's unfortunately been abused. And it, it's, it's so... I just got an email last week. I have to share this, you know, and I'm sure we'll talk about it more when I see you on, on, on Sunday, but I have to share this. <laughs> Somebody writes an email, Dear Rabbi Glock, I would like you to forward the email below to your amazing dedicated staff. Please take out my name because they don't all know me other than the one that's involved. Two years ago, I called Anudu asking for money, for help, for a certain treatment. The case manager who answered the phone took the time to explain to me that Amudim doesn't just have like an unlimited bank account to write out checks for everything, but let me understand what's going on and see what we can do to help. Sometimes there might be other options, cheaper options, insurance can cover things. 
not always when people think that we need to raise $100,000 for A, B, and C, does it need to cost that much? And the case manager took the time and not only helped me, but ended up getting me into the proper treatment program that I needed that was covered by my insurance, getting my family on board. And not only that, but there were multiple steps in the process. When I left the program, I needed to go to a, uh, she writes halfway house, but it's not halfway house because that's the prison, but same concept, you know, and she continued to help and find additional treatment options. And I am now happy to report that I am engaged. Wow. My husband, my husband knows my history. Wow. And this is all thanks to the amazing, dedicated team that was put together. And then she signs it in. Then she writes, P.S. <clears throat> I really don't know how, and then she puts the case manager's name, found the time I truly felt like I was the only person she was dealing with. Yeah. You know, do you I was going to ask, do you remember the night that, uh, we, this is years ago, where we did the uh, the live stream from, uh, we had a dinner, it was like a, a, a unique Brooklyn studio, there was a dinner there, it was a whole nice setup, and we had, you know, a live stream going on. One of the people, basically, one of the women came over on the air to uh, the, to be featured and basically said, I would not be here if not for Amudim, that literally you saved a life, but I, I guess it doesn't surprise you at this point, because thank God you've had the opportunity to do this so many times. I mean, we had we do a Shabbos of, of inspiration just for our staff. You know, we have all the staff together. Right. And this past year, you know, we, we depending on, I mean, the staff is growing and their families are growing, so we needed a, a bigger venue than we've used in the past. So we, we had a hotel that there were also some other guests there. Right. You know, not, not in our rooms. <clears throat> Lots of Shabbos. We're about to start our, you know, uh, I guess the enjoyable evening. You know, Shabbos right. came to an end. And a, a, a woman walks up to the podium, not from our group, and says, would you mind if I share something with all of your staff for a moment? And I was put on the spot in a way where, like, the board members are there, the staff is there, <laughs> right. their is, Like, what's the right answer here? Like, do I know that some, you know what? I, God put a good thought in my head. I said, sure, absolutely, go ahead. And this person started sharing her own story. I, I couldn't have scripted it if I tried. Yeah. And everybody there was on the floor. Like, she happens to be there for Shabbos. You know, the, the skeptics would say, oh, you set it up that they should be there. You know, listen, people will say whatever they want. But it, for us, it was such a visit. People always say, you know, it's not really me. It's the staff. I have to say this. You know, people don't realize that. I mean, I, I get to look good, you know, and it's, it's unfortunate that my staff don't get the, the, the proper credit that they really deserve. But, you know... We don't always get to hear the good side of things. And people often ask, how does the staff come in day in and day out dealing with people's problems? And I said, you know what? Very often, people that we help, when we're finished, they would like to forget that we existed. Emotionally, they want to disconnect, which we understand. It makes perfect sense. But the few that actually come back and share the positive and we see the wins, it's such a level of physics for the staff to keep them going that there's really no words. Yeah, so right. I have to say this. Not only do we need the money to keep doing what we're doing, but I also have to say that when we raise this money, it's a testament to all of those that are struggling to show them, wow, the people care. You know, we're so filled in this world of hate 
and anti-Semitism and looking at negativity and people are always looking to be negative about everything. But when those that were abused, those that were hurt, those that are struggling, you know, with issues of addiction, with issues of relating to mental health, when they see how many people are watching a live stream to benefit this cause, and they see people coming and giving money, every dollar counts, it's also a tremendous visit to show, listen, the community cares. We're here. No question about it. Do we still it. need to do more? Of course, but no we're here. No question about it. Or like, look, I, I wish we weren't grabbed by the clock because, frankly, I could do this with you all day. There's so many important things to talk about, and Amudim is uh, right at the top of the list, everybody. Uh, Rabbi Glock, uh, Yummy Shachter, Amudim, Charity Bids, uh, Nahum Siegel Network, all of us invite you to participate in Unite to Heal. UniteToHeal.com is the website. Go check out what you're going to be enjoying and learning from on Sunday and Monday. Uh, scroll down. Make sure to scroll down so you see all the personalities involved and all the programming that's going to be available starting early Sunday morning when we kick things off. And, and most importantly, make this as successful a campaign as ever for Amudim. They are literally saving lives. You know how Rabbi Gluck's able to continue when he goes through so many tragic end-of-life events, unfortunately, because of all these episodes that he was just talking about, the incredible and amazing life life-saving events that he and his staff get to participate in on a regular basis. Keep Amudim going. Go now to UniteToHeal.com, UniteToHeal.com. Right, Svi Gluck, looking forward to seeing you on Sunday and kicking things off and wishing you the best of luck with the campaign. Have a great job. Thank you and Mazel Tov again. Thank you so much. There he is. Join us Sunday and Monday, everybody. UniteToHeal.com. JM in the AM. I'm gonna spend the day together Special blessing on a cup that's filled with wine. Man and his creator is a very special sign.
Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners, sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSingle.com and the NachumSingle Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. And that will wrap up a, uh, <laughs> an amazing week here at JM and the AM and the NachumSingle Network. Thank you to everybody. Literally everybody. So many people it takes to make a week like this a successful one, and I can't thank you enough. Um, please give to our campaign. Keep us going. Go to uh, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Mark Zamek with the um, Erev Shabbos show coming up at the 10 a.m. Eastern time. Full schedule, of course, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. And uh, plenty more. Uh, have a fabulous Shabbos, wonderful weekend. Speak to you Sunday with our friends at Amudim. Till then, Nachum Segal, reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.